This is episode number 20 on the Follow Your Flow podcast. Have you ever considered an IUD in terms of your contraceptive choice or perhaps even as a a method or a treatment for menstrual condition that you might have? An IUD is an intrauterine device and we've got two options. We've got a hormonal option and we've got the copper IUD. The hormonal option is called the Marina, and both of these options have their advantages and disadvantages, but it's commonly thought that the copper IUD is a better choice because of its some lack of hormones and therefore potential lack of interference in terms of the body's own menstrual cycle. So I'm going to take a look at that in this episode because it's not necessarily what it seems everything that it seems or everything that we're potentially told it's really important to really know and understand what's going on with these um, contraceptive options and how they work and a lot of women have a lot to share actually about um, their experiences with these forms and methods of contraception which I have um, read a lot on on different forums and, and things like that so I really felt like it was important to to bring this as a topic for the podcast and a topic for discussion and for more awareness around uh, around contraception and for women to to make those choices, you know, so that they can be really fully informed and then potentially inspired to do their own research. So without further ado, let's get into this episode, episode number 20. Uh, Just remember that the information shared on this podcast is not for medical purposes in terms of your own treatment plan. If you wish to change your treatment plan, then make sure that you see your doctor and your medical professional to get that support. So here we are, episode 20. Enjoy. You're listening to Follow Your Flow, your podcast on all things women's health, menstruation, and fertility. Your host, fertility awareness educator, women's health practitioner, and lover of all things health and healing, brings her wealth of experience along with the real experiences of women and the expertise of health professionals. If you're looking for real and insightful conversations with real women, along with inspiring and lasting ways to improve your health, then you've come to the right place. Here's your host on Follow Your Flow, Sarah Harris. Okay, welcome to the Follow Your Flow podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the copper IUD and the hormonal IUD and what is the difference between these two we're going to be also looking at are they effective and also how do they impact the body so what are the advantages and what are the disadvantages of each of these methods of contraception methods of birth control so you know it's a question i get asked a lot in the clinic and in sessions with individual clients um, because they automatically assume that the copper iud is going to be better because it it has no hormones so then they also think that the hormonal iud is going to be better than the pill because the hormonal iud 
apparently acts locally in the body because of the device, the device being in the uterus and the hormones being released from the device, therefore not impacting the rest of the body. So we're going to have a look into this to see what actually happens with each of these methods of contraception and um, like I said, how they work and, and what are the disadvantages and advantages of, of both. So let's start with the copper IUD. How does the copper IUD work? Well, it's a small device. Both of them are very small devices and they are about three centimeters in height and about three centimeters wide. And it's like a little T-shaped device. So the copper IUD is made of plastic and it has a copper coil around the vertical part of the T. And this is because it's inserted into the uterus, then there's a reaction in the uterus and the uterus, um, it causes inflammation. Uh, it causes an increase of, um, white blood cells. And it also, this is, this is the, the copper ions and, and the fact that there is something in the uterus and that then basically makes the uh, environment of the uterus uh, not welcoming for sperm so it uh, that's the one of the first ways yeah so it's it impairs the motility of the sperm so their capability of movement in through the uterus yeah so it changes the environment of the uterus making it inhospitable and then we've got the changes in the quality of the uterine lining so it does this again through the, the copper ions in the copper IUD and it changes the quality of the lining so that a fertilized egg cannot implant. So if there was a fertilized egg, it wouldn't be able to implant into the lining of the uterus, <clears throat> thereby growing a baby, yeah, creating a pregnancy. So the other thing about the copper IUD is that it can it can be used so it can be used for long-term contraception and it can also be used for emergency contraception so if it's inserted within five days of unprotected sexual intercourse then that can be a method of uh, contraception because in, in the event of the insertion at the time when the egg is fertilized uh, if it's within those five days it's going to stop the implantation of the fertilized egg yeah so that's another way that it can work so it's pretty uh immediate in terms of its application um, effectiveness and and it is quite effective and we'll talk about the you know effectiveness in terms of numbers in a little bit now with both of the copper iud and the marina so the hormonal iud they can be inserted in your doctor's office. So you, it's, it's not a surgical procedure as such. It's, it's a medical procedure um, where the, the device is inserted through your vagina and also then through your cervix and then into the uterus. So as you can imagine, that may be quite painful for some women. Some women do say that they, they don't feel you know anything. It's just like a pap smear. Uh, but for other women and, and many other women that I have um, spoken to, it is quite can be quite a painful experience. There is the possibility of, of getting some numbing cream, if I understand that correctly. So just check in 
if you are considering uh, this as a method of contraception, then just uh, inquire about the ways in which you might be able to get support in um, the insertion phase of the device. There is a string that hangs down from the bottom of the, the, the T-shape device and that stays there. So that string remains and coming down through the cervix uh, and vagina. So that stays there so that it uh, can be easily removed. Yeah, so that's what the doctor will look for when it's time for removal and uh, then they use that string to pull the device down through a tube um, and, and it sort of collapses into the tube as it comes through uh, and is removed. So that's the same for both of them. But then how does the hormonal IUD work? So the copper IUD has the copper ions that are affecting the state of the uterus and the environment of the uterus, the environment of the uterine lining. And then the hormonal IUD has got, uh, it contains progestin, a progestin, yeah, which is a synthetic form of progesterone. And the one that is in the marina is levonorgestrel. And this is placed it is the same size. It's a plastic uh, device that has the uh, hormones and that is a slow release of the hormones more so in the earlier months. And then it uh, sort of is reduced to a sort of more uh, consistent level in the later years that it's been the later years that it's in, in place. Uh, the copper IUD can be in place for 10 years and the hormonal, uh, sorry, the Copper IUD, yeah, can be in place for 10 years and the hormonal IUD is um, in place for five years. So what the hormonal IUD does is it actually does a similar thing in terms of changing the environment, but it's using the hormones to do that. So it thickens the cervical mucus, so it changes the quality of the and the response of the cervix in terms of making cervical mucus, so it thickens it. And, you know, as we know from previous episodes and, and other, um, anyone who's familiar with fertility awareness, you will know that it is the cervical mucus that is the, it's the carrier, you know, it's what it supports the sperm to actually reach the uterus. And that's at that time in the fertile phase of your cycle where the cervical fluid, cervical mucus is uh, stretchy, very watery, and it basically carries the, the sperm up through channels so that it can very easily um, reach the cervical crypts first and then up to the uterus and then potentially to fertilize the egg. So what this does is the hormones in the progestin in the hormonal IUD thickens the cervical mucus so that that's not possible. So that the sperm that's, that, that goes uh, may, may reach uh, or try to, to reach the uterus gets blocked by the quality of the cervical mucus. And that then inhibits the sperm's um, survival as well. And it also prevents the lining of the uterus to build up. So it's thin. It keeps the, the lining of the uterus very thin instead, instead of it being uh, enriched and full, you know, as, as would happen during your natural menstrual cycle. So that's how they work. Yeah, so we've got the copper and the hormonal IUD. 
both working to change the environment, the, the cervix, the cervical mucus and the lining of the uterus. Now, what about like the advantages and disadvantages? Because, you know, I mean, for, for some women, you are, every woman's going to be different. Every woman is going to have, or, and they do have a very personal relationship with their bodies. They have a very personal relationship with uh, the relationships that they're in or the relationship that they're in. And, and what's going to be, I guess, um, acceptable for them at this point in time and how how they can work with it so it's it's a very personal choice but what i always say is that just do your research and get the information get an understanding of how things work for a start how it's going to impact your body and what are the potential impacts that you need to look out for to ensure that you're not overriding something that may be affecting you and, and, you know, potentially is getting put down to being something other than, you know, the pill or um, the birth control that you're taking having anything to do with it. So it's really important to, to have an awareness of what you're actually taking and in this case, what you're actually putting inside your body. So let's have a look and start with the copper IUD. What is the advantages of the copper IUD? Let's have a look at that first. So is it effective? And the answer is yes, it's very effective. So in terms of unintended pregnancies, it's eight in 1000 women um, will have an unintended pregnancy using the copper IUD. So that's 99.2% effective. Yeah, so that's quite a high effectiveness rate in fact both of these methods have the um, have a very high uh, effectiveness rate so then we've got the um, fact that the copper IUD we could say a lot of people would say an advantage is that it's non-hormonal and so that is true it is non-hormonal and in that regard it does not affect ovulation for the most part but it can so just be aware of that it can for some women affect ovulation okay and then also with the copper iud you can leave it in for 10 years so many women are going to like this and think that this is a huge advantage the fact that it is um, something that you can literally set and forget uh, so you know when we look a bit deeper potentially there's disadvantages to that as well but you know, for a lot of women, that's going to be a big plus. Okay, so that's the what I can see as the advantages of the copper IUD and that, that many would perceive are the advantages. So what about the disadvantages? So let's have a look. It's a little bit of a longer list. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a devil's advocate for <laughs> looking at the, you know, what some of the things that we probably don't normally get uh, publicized around these contraceptives you know mainly there's more weight towards the advantages and not enough weight towards the disadvantages so you know i'm gonna go to town on the disadvantages so that we can get a really full picture of what is potentially possible um, in using these devices something to be aware of okay so there is a potential for increased pain so a lot of women uh, will experience increased pain when they use the copper IUD. So 
it sh they say that it should return to normal but that's definitely not always the case and um you know i know a lot of women will go back to their doctor and and they might get told that they just have to give it some time or they just have to um, let things adjust which is why it's super important to just have a good relationship with your doctor um, to be very clear from the outset with your doctor about what you want and if you don't feel comfortable and pain is persisting then um yeah, it's, it's really important that you have a doctor that is going to listen to that and will remove the device at your request. So in terms of other disadvantages, so there can be um, and often is uh, increased bleeding with uh, the copper IUD. So 20 to 50% increase in bleeding. So that's quite significant and can be quite significant for some women depending on what it was uh, previously. The fact that you've got a foreign object in your body is also a disadvantage of the copper IUD. We're not supposed to have foreign objects in our body. And of course, our body is going to have some kind of reaction to the fact that that is happening. Because, you know, if you get a splinter, say, for example, in your foot, you know, all your, your body works hard in terms of inflammatory responses and immune responses to basically reject that foreign body in, in, your, uh, in your body. So it's to have an, an actual device inside an organ, then your body's going to be going through some kind of processes. And, and remember also that there's our body is covered in connective tissue every organ every everything is covered is made up of connective tissue like a, a web throughout our entire body so some women will experience uh say back pain you know they may the men have have experienced back pain before and all of a sudden while they're taking while they're using the iud they they get back pain and I've listened to some chiropractors who've talked about this and, you know, as soon as a woman removes the device, then their back pain clears. And they talk about it in terms of the fact that our body, because of the connective tissue and how that is going to be impacting each woman individually, like there, there is, it, it makes sense, you know, that if the connective tissue, which is connected to absolutely everything else in the body and every other area like like i said it's a web everything's connected then for some people that that can have an actual physical impact so that's something to be aware of too and not to dismiss some changes that might happen after the device has been inserted something you know as probably um, simple as back pain that you probably would not think to link the two now, the other thing too with it that is a disadvantage is the fact that it can be, it has a risk of being expelled. There's a 5% chance of it being actually expelled, which uh, in one sense is a, is a disadvantage because then of course the effectiveness of the contraceptive action of the device is not going to be there, but also because, um, you know, it can, it can cause damage and there can be a perforation of the uterus and the uterine wall and that is one in 500 cases and sometimes that actually 
uh, requires surgery to remove. So um, whether it's embedded into the uterus and the uterine uh, wall or whether an arm breaks off or, you know, even though it's, you know, somewhat rare, it still happens. So it's important to know that we need to know everything and what we're saying yes to and the risks involved before we say yes to it. Now, the other thing I mentioned before is copper toxicity and something that has probably doesn't get a, a lot of airtime and maybe even deserves its own uh, episode where I talk to someone who has a lot of experience in this particular area because copper toxicity can be quite significantly debilitating for women and they may have no idea that they that it is linked to and their doctors may not have any idea either that it is linked to the copper IUD. Um, there are uh, cases of women being diagnosed with mental health disorders and being medicated for mental health disorders like bipolar because of the impact of what the copper toxicity does to the body. So that's really important, something that is super important to know before you actually use the device. Because if anything changes in your mental state, in um, your mental health, then yes, you need to, to, to be aware that it could very well be um, the impact of, of what uh, is going on in your uterus and therefore in the rest of your body. So now the, the high in the high copper levels that that uh, inevitably will occur with this device um, can affect the levels of zinc in your body. Now zinc is really super important for women's health and for ovulation. I mean the balance of copper and zinc is really important, but zinc supports ovulation and and therefore supports the production of progesterone. So if we've got high levels of copper and then we've got, which is a antagonist for zinc, high levels of copper, then that's gonna decrease our levels of, of zinc and therefore affect ovulation. Yeah, because zinc supports ovulation and therefore affect our level of progesterone. And progesterone, remember what progesterone does, it is one of our superpower hormones that it, it it impacts and has an impact on over 400 physiological functions in the body, um, one of which is supporting uh, our mood, supporting the, the calming of the brain and supporting sleep and just the settlement in our body. You know, progesterone is really, really supportive for that. So along with many, many other things, you know, supporting bone health, heart health and much more. So that's that's the advantages and the disadvantage of the copper IUD. So let's have a look at the marina, so the hormonal IUD. So similarly to the advantages of the copper IUD, it is also very highly effective and it has a 99.8%. So two in 1,000 women uh, will uh, get an under have an unintended pregnancy compared to the copper IUD, which was 99.2. So that is um, also very highly effective. Now, in terms of hormonal contraceptives, hormonal birth control, the Marina is in some respects, maybe 
somewhat of a better choice, if that is possible to say. Uh, it, it, the reason being is because it doesn't actually always suppress ovulation. can for some women consistently, but generally it won't suppress ovulation all of the time. And the reason why that's an advantage is because that means you are also making some of your own hormones. Yeah, which is huge beneficial yeah so you're making your own estrogen and your own progesterone yeah if ovulation is still occurring some of the time now another advantage for the marina is that it it lightens lightens periods so this can be a reason why some women will actually go on the marina and be prescribed this because of heavy periods so it, it does lighten periods quite significantly and another advantage is that you can leave it in for five years. So again, it's a long-term uh, set and forget. Yeah, long-term uh, hormonal birth control option. So that's our advantages. And then we've got our disadvantages. So with the marina, with the synthetic progestin, we have here an increased risk of depression. So there was a study in Denmark in 2016, which was the Million Women study, that uh, tracked women across a span of a number of years and the effective effects of and impacts of different methods of birth control. And one of them was the Marina, and I think the Marina and, uh, if I'm correct, the Nuva Ring were two that were uh, quite um, had it had an increased risk more than some of the other methods of hormonal birth control, um, increased risk of depression and other mental health disorders. So that's quite significant. And it's the first time that it's really been properly linked, whereas women have known this for a long time. But yet because the, the studies and the research didn't say it, then as so clearly as this study did, then a lot of women were sort of, um, I guess, uh, put down to it was put down to them being it all being in their head and it couldn't possibly be the pill but or it couldn't possibly be the marina now the the fact that it affects the brain and it affects a woman's um, sense of herself then that actually shows us that it's not just acting locally and this is what this is what a lot of uh, doctors will tell you that the marina cannot possibly affect other areas of your body because it's acting locally within the uterus because that's where it is located. Now, in terms of that in itself is quite uh, crazy, really, because the hormones are you can't you can't, first of all, isolate uh, hormones that go into your body. They move through the blood system the bloodstream and that's cardiovascular system pumps all the way through the body and we have um, receptors hormone receptors in all parts of our body so it's really impossible for hormones to act locally and and also that the hormones are being introduced that's another sort of uh, strange concept for the body the body's not used to that idea and the hormones that are being uh, introduced into the body 
which are synthetic hormones, they are not the same makeup chemical structure as our own, say, progesterone. So this is very different, two very different types of hormones that are going into our body. One that ones that we make ourselves and the ones that are being introduced are very, very different. So now with the marina, so the disadvantages is that uh, it also has a, a foreign object in your body like i said before for some women it can actually increase bleeding um, rather than decrease bleeding and it also has the risk of being expelled and um, perforating the uterus like i said before as well 20 percent of women uh, women's periods will stop altogether so they won't have any bleeding whatsoever and then some women will also get an increase in experiencing acne So there we have it. We've got the advantages and disadvantages of both of these methods of birth control, these devices that are inserted into the uterus. Now, we did talk about side effects, but let me just summarize that. Yeah, so side effects um, that I guess not every woman is going to experience, but are quite commonly experienced. So let's have a look. Side effects for the copper IUD can increase bleeding, um, can increase period pain and cramping, can uh, uh, cause copper toxicity, which then goes into conditions or experiences of anxiety, panic attacks, low energy and depression, um, manic state, which is that kind of bipolar, so misdiagnosed mental health conditions. It can also be a trigger of um, immune autoimmune disorders as well or there's a correlation there between uh, using the copper IUD and um, the trigger of autoimmune disorders. So also we've got the side effects is that uh, pelvic inflammatory disease as well can also be a side effect of um, the copper IUD. And then in terms of the marina, we've got uh, the first six months can include sporadic spotting so just you know that can be quite an interesting thing for some women to manage where it's some really inconsistent flow of blood it's just uh, sporadic spotting which yeah can be can be tricky to manage and like I said before 20% of women's periods will stop altogether so they'll have no bleeding for some women they could see that this this might be a great thing <laughs> um, and then there's also acne as well and pelvic inflammatory disease for for both of them so there you have it we've got the advantages and disadvantages we've got how they work and we've got the side effects that they cause so can cause and I mean, some women are going to really swear by these contraceptive methods and others are, and, you know, much, many more women are speaking out about it now in terms of their experiences with these contraceptive devices. And, you know, it's great to to talk to other women and and see how they have experienced it and get onto some, um, you know, chat rooms and pages, like awareness pages about how these devices work and what women's experiences are not to i guess scare you in any way but just to see the reality of what is going on how they actually work and not to be in the dark about the impacts and 
you know, if something comes up for you, then you're ready to, I guess, take action and not doubt what you're actually feeling in your body. Because the fact is we, we are all deeply sensitive and we do feel absolutely everything and overriding, you know, what we feel in terms of what's right for us and what's not is, um, is really detrimental to our body. It's detrimental to our mental health as well. We, we need to really, you know, have a relationship with our body where we honor what we feel and be the, uh, I guess the master of that and be the master of our body. And, you know, when we go to the doctor, we are in partnership. They are in partnership with us. You know, we're not giving our power away to them, you know, to tell us what to do. We're really informed and, as on you know what's actually being prescribed but we're also very informed from the relationship that we have with our own body so another thing about cost you know for, for Australia I've just got the cost here so I it, that may be a factor for some women although they are much of a muchness really so the hormonal IUD lasts for five years and costs around $240 with Medicare rebate um, this includes the, the device and the insertion, whereas the copper IUD lasts 10 years and that's around 280 with the Medicare rebate. So comparatively, this really means that 10 years copper IUD costs about $28 a year and then the hormonal IUD is a little bit more expensive at about $48 a year. So overall, it's a pretty inexpensive option for birth control, which is going to, to factor in for some women. But overall, uh, you know, I always keep coming back to the point of really feel what is right for you and your body. Um, it's a very delicate organ and that the, the, the device is placed inside the uterus. And because we're, you know, we separate the body into body parts and when symptoms arise, after insertion we, we we're commonly told that you know that couldn't be the cause yeah so it couldn't even be factored into the equation so we have to remember that everything's connected and we know our body so we we have to really honor what what we feel and just you know be aware of the fact that we our body is sensitive it's very very intricate in the way it works and uh yeah just don't dismiss what you feel how many times have I said that? <laughs> do not dismiss what you feel. It's so, so important to, um, yeah, do your research, understand how these things work, understand the risk to you. Yeah. The risk to you as, a, as an individual woman, the risk to you and your body, and then make an informed choice and work with a doctor in partnership rather than, you know, letting a doctor tell you what to do. Yeah. So just, uh, really seek that, that doctor out, the one that, that is going to really listen and support you on that front. Cause you know, contraception is a big topic. And of course, you know, I'm just highlighting two methods of contraception here, two methods of contraception that, that I often get asked about, but there are many more hormonal methods of birth control. And um, there is also methods of birth control, like in terms of barrier methods that are non-hormonal. And then, of course, we have fertility awareness, the fertility awareness method. 
um, which is something that I teach on an individual basis and through the Cycle Wise Woman program, the eight-week program. So if you are interested in that, obviously that's a little bit different in terms of it is not set and forget. <laughs> you can't use the fertility awareness method. It's not something that you, um, you know, pop a pill or implant a device to, to you know, tell you for it to tell or for, for you to do nothing really. It, it does take work. It does take commitment, but it is absolutely worth it when and if you're ever ready for it. And if you would like to use something that does not have hormones that impact you. And, you know, as we've seen today, the copper IUD you know, like we think it's uh, non-hormonal, therefore is going to be great. But as we've seen in terms of the disadvantages of the copper IUD and the side effects that it can create in the body and how it impacts the body, it is not necessarily a better choice than the hormonal IUD. So again, uh, it's looking at all of your options when it comes to contraception and looking at most of all your your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your body, and um, being very, I guess, personal. It is a very personal choice. So, not comparing your choice to anyone else's, but just for where you're at and what you're ready for, and um, and how what's going to best support support you at any given point in time. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you very much for joining me here on the Follow Your Flow podcast. As always, please head over to the website and check out any of the programs and courses that I am running. The Cycle Wise Woman course um, will be coming up again soon, so you can put your name down for that if you're interested on the wait list. And yeah, it's um, always an absolute joy to bring these episodes to you. And I really want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. It's so great to, to have you part of the Follow Your Flow community. So thank you all once again and enjoy. You're listening to Follow Your Flow podcast with Sarah Harris. Subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and get in touch. All details on www.followyourflow.com.au slash podcast.